0: Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. Hi David, welcome along to another episode of our Chiefs Chat on the Elevate Podcast.
1: Yeah, good day, Ryan. How are you?
0: Doing very well. Uh, feels like the year is screaming past us. As I uh, mm. look in the look in the calendar and look at the number of weeks left to uh, get the to-do list for the year completed, it feels like the uh, not too many of them are available. Uh, what's your What's your kind of view as we uh, head in towards that zone?
1: Oh, here yeah, it's sort of uh, at, at one level uh, looking forward to the break. At, at another level, sort of thing. oh. There's still plenty to do, but uh, you've got to remind yourself of the advice you give to others. You can only do what you can. Try and be smart about it, not not go crazy. What do they say?
0: You can't beat Willie on a good day.
1: <laughs> oh well, they finally had a win in the NPC rugby, so you know that'll that'll help one little bit. You know, nice. It's only twenty-two nice. years since the last one.
0: Oh, there we go. Good things take time. They say. Yeah. Um, and david you're obviously very connected to our members and you have some good insight to what's going on and what trends are happening out there what are you what are you observing in the market with our members currently
1: oh the residential stuff definitely slowing down um and that's at one level not a surprise because it's been overheated and we've been on this upward trajectory for over 10 years, which many would say is the longest upward trajectory. So we're definitely having a slowdown and looking ahead to next year does mean that businesses have to think about that uh, this time, because there's still a reasonable pipeline, but that work has to really start pretty soon. So um, we've been talking a little bit about that and just just understanding where it is from a business point of view. Don't panic but do the thinking. So one of the things we've got to do for the end of this year, and, and we're obviously talking to you about part of this, is how do we help our members think through the critical issues? And we're, we're thinking about a bit of a roadshow around the country, working with the local branches, talking about those critical things, whether it's the finance, whether it's your people, uh, thinking about alternative work uh, and trying to get some, um, some practical advice. And so we're just looking for some partners to help us whether they're partners at the local branch level or more generally across the country. So that's the stuff that we're thinking about now. Uh, as I say, we, we've got some time, but uh, we need to start thinking and businesses need to start planning pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it feels like there's a, yeah, Real change in the environment to we've been operating, and uh, no one's sounding the disaster alarm. I don't think, but there is definitely a change, and we've been operating, and many of our members predominantly in a market where they've had a lot of demand, and yep. being able to execute and meet that demand mm-hmm. has been challenging. We're probably moving to a market where there is more supply of builders available to execute the amount of work available. So the landscape will change. What's driving in market things that are happening, uh, labour forces will change. So Plenty to think about. And I think you're, you've you bang on with that. Uh, let's plan ahead and make sure that those things don't come as a surprise because it's a, a change in the operating uh, environment for many of our members.
1: And if you think back to the last time we had this sort of uh, cycle post the GSC, different conditions, but it was a pretty harsh operating environment for some people. Some businesses did fine because they had thought about it and they recognized what was coming, the ones who don't recognize it or perhaps don't want to see it. So that's the stuff that we've got to do, but do it in a way that isn't just scaring people, but thinking about, well, what can you do? What can you control?
0: Yeah. And there will be a good percentage of our members that weren't operating in the last GFC. You know, That's it's right. a long, it's a long yeah. time ago now, and yeah. uh, many of our really. members will have come to market since then. So again, yeah. it's going to be a change of operating uh, environment. We'll certainly be doing our mm. best to assist with that education and bring relevant uh, events and webinars, etc., to the to the members so they can uh, be well prepared. If we uh, look for some positives that have happened, I know that uh, Master Builders and yourself and your team have been doing a lot of work in the, in the background trying to deal with some of those challenges that really get brought up by our members and our mm. surveys and our discussions with them. Um, I know you've made some progress with MB. Uh,
1: yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that one? We raised the issue around the introduction of the installation changes a few months ago uh, and really pleased that MB did listen, uh, along with others who supported us and saying, look, we're not convinced you've got the timing right here. We're not opposing the changes, but we're just not sure the sector is ready, whether it's the builders, uh, a lot of designers, certainly the consent authorities were concerned about it as well. So really pleased that MB listened, went through a um, a shorter process of consultation and delayed a lot of the introduction by six months. So that has given people time. So really pleased about that. Uh, And a couple of other areas that I can talk about, I think that have been very positive in the last few months. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the relaunch of the Vertical Construction Leaders Group, which is is more than 70 of the larger contractors coming together. Uh, and that group um, has done some work historically around health and safety. And the last couple of years has focused on some other things. So this was about relaunching, getting a bit of media attention. And we had a very good function, uh, really appreciated the Minister of Building Construction and Housing, Megan Woods, uh, making a a, um, a particular effort to be there and help launch it. And then she, in fact, uh, flew up from Christchurch specifically for that event, so really appreciated it. But that's an area of our membership that um, has not has had as much attention in recent times, So, but one that's, that's a critical part of the sector. So that was very positive. And just a shout out to um, one of my team, Sarah Walker, who drove a lot of that it was her idea. Uh, and really appreciate the work that she's done. Um, and then the third one I'll talk about, going back to Constructive, which was the end of August. Really good, it's one of those events that we put a lot of focus on as a, a broader advocacy vehicle over two days. There's a lot of work goes into that, but again, it's, uh, it was very successful, I think, and the feedback we got was very, very positive. And we changed up the format a little bit again, Uh, as we have done, as we've evolved that. So one day was primarily around residential, the other commercial, but a lot of crossover and a lot of the attendees actually go to both days. So very pleased with that. Good media coverage of some of the key factors and as we go along, we're getting more who aren't just within the Master Builders membership, who are part of those panels. So, you know, we're looking to learn. We had both Chris Luxon and and Megan Woods there, um, and both in separate sessions, but Neither of them spoke at the audience for long. They were both happy to take questions. And that was a much better format than having someone just stand up and talk for an hour. So really pleased with how that's going. Uh, and it's one that we'll keep evolving next year.
0: And David, I've been fortunate to be involved in a couple of the uh, events around Master Builders. I attended the uh, Auckland House of the Year event with Master yep. Builders and look, I, I was it was just so delightful to see the sense of community yeah. around the membership base. Yes, it was great. We're celebrating the winners and and the people that were nominated mm. but my overwhelming uh, sense was just how connected the members are as a community. They, they were there supporting each other, they were encouraging, they were happy for each of the people that uh, won awards, uh, etc., um, so that was a real a real highlight for me to see that community that was uh, shown yeah, shown there, and and a fan, fantastic uh, effort by the event team as well. It was a uh, really was an A class event I thought it was very well yeah. executed. Oh, I
1: think and they are wonderful. They are wonderful events, um, and our team who put those on have had three quite difficult years through COVID, not knowing whether events can go or not go. Uh, but they've hung in there. They've been absolute stars, in what they've put together, and it is professional. and uh, And I think the the, the people who enter uh, and go along, they really have a great night, and it's it's a party, but it's also a celebration of the very best in construction. Uh, so we've actually got the the big final coming up in Auckland at the end of November. So I'm sure that will be equally spectacular
0: indeed um i've you know had the pleasure of having on the uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago uh the team involved with the apprentice of the year and again the willingness of uh, many of our members to give back to the community uh help that next generation of craftsmen coming coming through uh you could really hear their passion for the for the event and really just wanting to give back uh, they weren't doing it uh, they certainly weren't doing it for money it was voluntary the contribution they were making uh, but the willingness to want to give back to the community as uh, I thought the guys were were fantastic so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode uh, jump in and listen to that one mm. hey David can I just bring you back to the uh, vertical construction Good. leadership group I'm aware that there are some real challenges in in that group uh, that you are trying to surface mm. and, and get attention on I understand you surveyed some of the leaders what were some of the key challenges that that, that group was facing
1: Yeah, there's probably two that I'll pick out. Um, One is around uh, delays on site. More than a third have had delays of more than six weeks on site. And that's a combination of things. But a lot of that's around uh, the supply chain materials not being available or subcontractors not being available, overcommitted. And that's had an impact on how they've operated. And the second one is around procurement. Nearly half, I think, have said that They've found the whole procurement process, and particularly talking about some of the government processes, have become more burdensome in the last 12 months. The paperwork's getting uh, longer and more complicated, but without any discernible reason as to why. So that's an area, for instance, that has been a focus over a period of time. There have been some improvements, but it's been patchy. So it's an area we need to keep going hard at because the problem is not solved. And so we've got some some views. I've certainly got some views about areas that we can focus on. And in particular, I think it's about having people who are skilled in procurement because these are big projects. And uh, over half of the respondents to our survey have projects that are collectively are over $100 million. So that's a, that's a huge amount of money at stake, they are complex technically and commercially and they extend over quite a period of time. So having um, educated clients well-versed in procurement and and their um, consultants that are well-versed in procurement and the contractors with the same skill set is absolutely critical. We don't have, in my view, a particularly good way of growing those people. So there tends to be a relatively small pie That people are stealing from and then others trying to run large projects from the client side who just don't have that skill so we really need to focus on that that's our message to government and that was part of what the the vertical leaders launch was about that was one of the issues and i certainly think the minister heard that uh, and our engagement with with the opposition will be giving exactly the same message whoever's in power we need to actively focus on how to improve procurement because that will deliver better projects. And New Zealand absolutely has a big pipeline of work in that that sort of what I call broader social infrastructure, schools, hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. That's got many years of work ahead of it.
0: And do you have a sense at the moment, David, about how you will close that procurement skill gap? Is it about a greater contribution and focus on education, is it about making more people aware that there's a really significant career opportunity here if you're prepared to invest in your own time and developing capability?
1: Have you got any kind of lead-ins at the stage? Uh, The vehicle is probably through the construction accord. So the construction accord has four new groups. So It's it's, uh, reconstituted itself over the last few months uh, in a way that I hope will be quite useful. There's one around commercial construction, One, residential infrastructure, which is the vertical roads, pipes, et cetera. Uh, And then the other one is uh, Maori economic development. The commercial one is the the particular group where uh, there's an opportunity to improve procurement generally. And there was a meeting about two or three weeks ago, and that particular subject was discussed. And it was very clear from both the clients and the contractor side, they recognize there's a skill gap. Now, um, I think it needs to happen at not just an individual level, but more at a collective business level and a collective client level. And so how do we actively give people these opportunities? Um, And maybe there's some formal training that goes behind that that hasn't really been worked through yet, uh, that doesn't exist at the moment. So for a small investment, I think we could get a really good return. So that's the the sort of model that we would like to see but those details need to be nutted out. Oh, thanks, David, appreciate that
0: uh, insight. If we turn attention maybe more to residential, uh, yep. clearly you've got some things happening in vertical construction and yep. uh, residential. Again, you survey the members, find out what's going on for them. And yep. uh, you know two things we, we the, important for the audience to understand. One is what are those themes that are coming back to you? And then what is master builders actually doing with that info? Um, so I know that one of those topics that can continually comes up for our members is consenting. The yep. challenge they have around delays and getting them done. Understand with the most recent survey that that was cited as a challenge by over 83% of the, of the respondents. So yep. could you give us a, a bit of an update on what you've been able to progress in that area?
1: Yeah, I think there's the opportunity because there is a review of the consenting model from MB, Um And with the Minister being very aware of and I think supportive of that review, um, So we put forward a whole bunch of things, uh, including that we think that a a significant part of the issue is we've got way too many consenting authorities. Um, We've only got one building code, covers the whole of New Zealand, and yet uh, it seems to be, and this isn't a new thing, we seem to find 60 different ways for it to be interpreted by the different consenting authorities, which doesn't make any sense. Now, part of that's driven by their liability, but I think, again, it's also driven by skill sets and they've had the same problem they can't uh, recruit or retain really good staff because the good ones um, uh, they see other opportunities and they might be picked up by our members or others so the consolidation of that and so we get consistency across the country is one of the areas that we've pushed quite hard and i think there's growing acceptance that that is one of the opportunities we have. Secondly, by consolidating the number of authorities, we should get better consistency across the country and expertise, which allows you then to streamline some of the work. And I think about it at the front end and the back end, um, or, or the middle perhaps rather than back end, but the front end is in approving the initial designs. And so we've talked about what's called risk-based consenting. It's it's a concept that's been around for a, um, a dozen years uh, and had agreement in principle, but no real work's been done on it. And so what would that look like? So if you've got a business um, that has a very good track record, uh, you consistently put in good design and you consistently do a good job and document it, that should be recognised as opposed to a business that uh, puts in shoddy consents, uh, there's always a problem. And the, and the local consent authorities know this stuff. So how do you systemize that? But it has to be documented. And then there's an incentive, and you get an advantage if you recognise the good players from the poor players. That's that's one area. The second one that, that we picked out is really thinking about um, the delays in inspections, particularly as the The sector's got busier and busier and people are off sick and consent authorities are sending people all around the district or the city to inspect. The use of technology like Artisan or something else is available, but it's not being consistently applied. Some councils um, aren't doing it at all. Some are doing it, but only for certain things. Uh, But again, it's uh, 60 different ways of interpreting how to use it. It's the same technology, it's the same building code. So I really think there's a big opportunity. It will save literally weeks and weeks and weeks in terms of building a let's say, a, a standard residential home. Um, let's use it. There's a bit of training, but the return would be massive, I think.
0: And Dave, uh, you mentioned Artisan. Uh, for some of our listeners that may
1: not be familiar with that, can you tell us some more? So that's the brand's developed uh, app that you can use on a cell phone. Um, and, and you can use that to record either live or um, send it in for the consent authority to look at later. Um, but let's just take the live model. It might be that you've got a building inspector looking at what you're sending through and directing you to take some more photos so they're comfortable with whatever they're signing off. It becomes a permanent record. Uh, it's, it's geographically located to wherever that, that uh, site is. It also tells you exactly when the day, the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And some consent authorities are using it, as I say, but inconsistently. And I think we just need to, in my view, uh, we have said to MB, you should set a date by which every council has that facility available. doesn't mean everyone has to use it, but at least everyone should have it available. Um, and so they they have a slightly different view at the moment, but we'll continue that discussion and we'll see where we get to. but uh, I just think it's a it's just a great opportunity um, and people are still accountable you know you you, you can't course. really get around it.
0: Yeah, great tool, and uh, thank you, David, to you and your team. I think this is really where the power of the Master Builders comes in. That you are able to go and get to the top table with MB and Dr. Mm-hmm. Megan Woods and the consenting authorities, and really uh, provide a united voice for the for the members. Because um, it's it's virtually impossible to try and tackle the uh, projects and challenges of the size when you're an individual organisation. So to have the Master Builders representing uh, with those organisations is uh, really powerful. So and b- um, what what I should say. is
1: is, I do think brands have done a really good job in investing in this on behalf of the industry. So we should use it. You know, when we get this investment, which is from the levy that people pay when they build their homes, let's take that opportunity. uh, Because I I really do think otherwise we have just, you know, potentially waste money that doesn't need to be wasted
0: and i think if uh but one of them has certainly been uh technology adoption i think people have just got v- way more familiar with that kind of you know live video conferencing so we're seeing options around the efficiency of being able to do that you can like, imagine how many more mm. inspections a birding inspector could do if they didn't have to also factor in you know 40 or an hour of travel time between sites and delays and, and those kind of things too so uh, yeah there's a whole lot of things yep. here that make, make sense um, so david with we you know christmas is is coming at us quickly uh we've got a few weeks we open this podcast talking about some of the changes that we're seeing planned for that um what else would you be you know suggesting that the our members are thinking about as they head into a no doubt a
1: well-earned break well i think um it's the same message in these podcasts isn't it you know uh, apart from doing what you can before Christmas but do break doesn't mean you don't think about next year uh, because you know that's okay um, but do make sure you get a break look after your folk, look after your teams because they are critical to success and look after yourself of course and your family um, so that's the critical thing as we as we go ahead just as I've talked about what I'm trying to do I'm sure others are trying to do the same saying so what are those things we realistically can get done so we have actually a time when we can just, you know, put down the tools, put down the whatever um your pen and just enjoy yourself. And it's
0: Easy to forget uh what was happening only a very short yeah. time ago, which was nationwide lockdowns, not being able to go to site at all, not being able to progress a, a world that was just so dynamically different to anything we'd been used to before. Mm. And you know, maybe touch wood, it feels like we've uh, predominantly moved past that uh, chapter. Um, so whilst we might be looking at a, some market conditions that are less favourable, uh boy, I don't, I don't think anyone'd be choosing to uh, slip back into that that zone. They'd be uh, choosing this one every time.
1: Well, that's right. This time last year, Auckland was still pretty much in lockdown, wasn't it? With with another awesome. good month to go. Correct. Uh, and it really smashed business and it smashed confidence and uh, people were just over it. Um, mm-hmm. I think this year has been better in that respect uh, and looking ahead to next year, you know, I'm pretty confident we will not end up in that. Um, so as much as there are some headwinds, there's also opportunities to be a bit more settled in some other respects, as you say.
0: Indeed. Hey, that's uh, great. Thank you, David, for uh, joining us today. We appreciate those updates and uh, keep that good work going in the uh, background, lobbying and uh, working on our challenges in our industry. uh, But also, as we discussed, bring some of those fantastic events that are worth celebrating in our uh, member community.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Ryan.